Well, it is always an honor to open up God's word with you all. Um, there's something special about opening God's word as a family, no? And you are all family. So before we go any further, I have a question for you. Um, have you ever in your life felt stuck? Uh, I, I, my guess is that if we were to sit down and have a, a cup of coffee and we were to talk about life, uh, whether in your past or in your current circumstances, you could point to something in your life where you feel or have felt stuck. Maybe it was a job or a a relationship or a circumstance or a situation or a mindset. Well, if you're someone who's ever felt stuck, then, then we can relate because I've felt stuck. Um, this, this past July, God opened an amazing door for me uh, to step into a role here at Wellspring as an executive pastor. And it was truly a calling from God. And I've been so honored and blessed to be a part of that, this new position. But the reality is that these conversations about this role happened months and months and months previously. And you see, I didn't expect to be launching and pastoring a church through COVID. I wasn't in the plan, no? And what happened is I, I remember just thinking like, God, <laughs> God, this, was, this is not it, right? I mean, I, I thought my experiences were going to be a little bit different. Um, I thought who I was going to experience it with was going to be a little bit different. And it left me in this place of, of questioning God. Have you ever been there? Because in that moment, I, I, I've experienced a couple things. I, I experienced feeling stuck. I, I, feel, I felt stuck emotionally. Ever feel stuck emotionally? I, I felt stuck circumstantially. And, and there's even been moments this past fall where I've even felt stuck spiritually. Have you ever been there? My guess is you've been in a situation where you've felt stuck in a circumstance or, or you felt stuck in a mindset. Man, I keep having these thoughts. I know these thoughts are not of God, but I can't seem to break free. No matter what I do, I just can't seem to get this toxic mindset out of my head. I'm just feeling stuck. Uh, some of you have felt stuck in a hurt. Maybe you've been hurt by someone or, or someone's hurt you. And no matter what you do, no matter what text message you send, no, ma no matter what conversation you try and brew up, no matter what you try and do, reconciliation is just not happening and you, you just feel stuck. Some of you today are, are simply just stuck in sin, right? You've been doing the church thing. Right? You've been coming to church, you've been logging online, you, you've downloaded the Bible app, you, you're listening to Star 99.1 on the way to work, like, like you're doing the thing, but no matter what you do, you just can't seem to break free. You hear the Holy Spirit talking to you and saying, this is not what I have for you, I want something more for you, but you just can't seem to break free. And here's the thing about feeling stuck is when you feel stuck, you feel trapped. And when the longer you feel trapped, it leads to this feeling of hopelessness, right? I've tried everything, I've done the thing, and, and the deeper I get in the hole, the, the, the dimmer the light begins to happen, and, and I just feel this hopelessness feeling. And, and what hopelessness does is it draws us away from the only source of our 
Have you ever been there? Well, this week we are launching a brand new series here at Wellspring called Under Construction. And we're going to spend the next five weeks looking at various passages in Scripture that talk about this big, giant theological word called sanctification. But here's what this word means. Sanctification simply means to be holy or to be set apart. And if we were going to simplify the concept of, of this word, it is the process of those who are followers of Jesus Christ. It is the process of you and I simply becoming more like Jesus. You see, this process is a promise of God. We read in Philippians that it says that we can be confident of this, is that God will complete in you the work of you becoming more like Jesus. But, but here's the reality. Um, a lot of us, when we think about this process of being under construction, when we think of this process of becoming more like Jesus, a lot of us feel stuck. Uh, maybe it's just me. Maybe you're perfect. Maybe you've been killing it. Maybe this Jesus thing is like, man, you're just cruising along. But, but there have been many mornings that I've woken up and I've looked in the life's mirror of my life and I've said, man, I wish I would have handled that differently. Man, I wish I would have handled that conversation differently or, or the process is not moving quick enough for me. And, and God, I know you have more for me, but I'm just feeling stuck. Have you ever been there? Because there's nothing worse than a slow construction process. Amen. <laughs> how many of you, how many of you remember the road construction process? Once it, oh, there it is. That picture is not a memory. That picture is a nightmare. Um, when I think about sitting in traffic at that intersection, um, the thoughts that were going through my head would not be included in the sanctification <laughs> process. You see, that road project was supposed to take about six months, and it ended up taking three years to complete. It cost about $12 million to wrap up. It, it was going so slow that the local businesses in the area decided to enter it into the Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> as the slowest construction process. You see, that process got stuck many, many times along the way, and it bred just so much frustration. And the same thing can be said for a lot of us in our spiritual life, no? That we have a mess in our life, and we're, we're just continuing to get stuck, and, and we want to go quicker, but we just keep slowing down the process. And you see, when we become stuck in our circumstances or our mindset or sin, we know we'll never experience God's best for us because we were never designed to be stuck. We have been called, we have been chosen, God has given us a purpose. So when we hit a wall of feeling stuck, it breaks down what God has for us. So today we're going to look in a pocket of scripture that talks about this idea and this idea that, that you and I play a critical role in becoming unstuck. That through the power of the Holy Spirit, when we feel stuck in a mess, God has given us every opportunity and every tool in order for us to become unstuck. And that way we can experience all that God has for us. And, and that's our big idea for our text this morning is this, is to experience God's best, we need to run 
from our mess. Today we're going to look through the Apostle Paul um, that to be best positioned to be used by God, we need to have an active role in our construction process into becoming more like Jesus. Now this is key. Um, Our mess does not dictate God's love for us. You need to hear this this morning. That when you said yes to Jesus, God has given you everything. There is nothing more you can do to earn God's love. But when we continue to stay stuck in a mess, it hinders the opportunities that God can use us for. So we're going to jump into the text. Um, We're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And let's kind of, you know, if you're, there it is. Um, Let's kind of familiarize ourselves with where we are in the Bible. 2 Timothy is the last letter written by the Apostle Paul. And you see, the Apostle Paul had written many letters while in prison, but, but this letter was different. You see, at the time Paul was writing this, Paul knew that he was on death row. Paul knew that he was about to be executed, and he needed to write this letter to his best friend and his mentee, Timothy, that he needed to learn some critical things in order for Timothy and the people Timothy was leading to experience all that God has for them. So let's jump in our text. We're going to be starting in verse 20. It reads like this. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some for honorable use and some for dishonorable. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself of what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use, set apart as holy and useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. To experience God's best, we need to run from our mess. So what what is the passage saying here? Well, one, you see Paul using this illustration of a great house. And what this means is that when we say yes to Jesus, we join the global church of Christ. So all of us as Christians, we are in the church, and and Paul is using this idea of a great house to symbolize the church. And what Paul is also saying is that Christians inside of the church, depending on the mess inside of them, depending what they're stuck in, can be used for honorable purposes or for dishonorable purposes. And again, I want to hyper-focus on this, that this has nothing to do with your salvation. This has nothing to do with the love you can experience of Christ, but this has everything to do for the purposes that you can be used by Christ. Now, also in this, you see this contrast, this contrast between vessels of, of gold and silver and wood of clay. And when you kind of dive into the passage, here's the illustration that Paul is trying to show us. Um, now, millennials and Gen Z won't have any memory of this, but if you're uh, someone a little bit older, you remember if you got married, you were gifted fine china. My grandmother's house, she had a china cabinet. It was filled with the great china. You could never eat the chicken nuggets on these plates. They were designated and used when honorable guests would come into your home. You pulled out the good china. And that's what Paul is saying here is that there's a difference based on the mess inside of you of where you can be used in the house. And what it's also saying, it gives this contrast of of wood and clay. Now, if you dig in and what Paul is communicating here is this thing called a chamber pot. There's a picture of a clay 
chamber pot. Uh, For those of you that have no idea what a chamber pot is, and if you go on Amazon right now and you search chamber pot, this is what will come up. I have no idea what I'm going to do with this now. (laughs) But what a chamber pot was used for is, you know, at 3 a.m. when, like, you know, nature's calling, um, bathrooms back in the day weren't inside of the house, so you didn't want to have to trek into the mud and the rain and the snow to do what you needed to do. So what you would do is you would have a chamber pot, and at 3 a.m. you would answer nature's calling, and you would do the thing, and the next morning you would empty the contents, the mess that was inside of this, out. Now, I thought this would be a little confusing, so I decided to download a how-to video of how to use a chamber. I'm just, no, no, we're different, but not that different. But here's the reality. Here's what Paul is, is trying to communicate, is that the mess inside of you dictates the use you can be inside of the church. The mess inside of you, the things that we have, we're stuck in, can limit God's ability to use us in our most honorable purposes. Now, when I was texting Heather about this illustration, you know, I always love to run things by her, and I was talking to her about this, so I asked her the question, "Um, Heather, if you were having all your besties over the house, how clean would you need to make this chamber pot in order to have it used for your most honorable purposes? friends. And she messaged back saying, do you want me to be honest with you? And of course, you know, my wife, honesty is good. <laughs> and she messaged back and said, well, if I'm being honest, I, I think I just discard it. it. It doesn't seem worth the effort to clean it. I, I'll just buy a new one. It, it doesn't have that much worth. So I messaged her back some laughing emojis and The more I began to think about what she was saying, it warmed my heart because of this, is that the world would look at a vessel filled with mess and say it's not worth it. The world would look at this and say, it's not worth the effort, I'll just get a new one. But the power of the gospel in Christ is when Christ looks at our mess, he says, I died for your mess. And I'm standing at the edge of your life, ready to roll up my sleeves and say, let's get to work. Let's start this construction process of you becoming more like me. So even when we feel weak, even when we feel less than, even when we feel stuck, there's a beauty in what God has done for us. But here's the reality. Why would God use us in an honorable way if we're stuck in a sinful way? Why would God use us in an honorable way if we're stuck in a sinful way? And and you and I have an active role of being part of the process of cleansing and cleaning out our lives. And this is the realization that I came to a few months ago. When I was feeling stuck, And I was asking God, uh, God, I just feel stuck and I don't understand. What what God was whispering to me and sometimes shouting at me is, Graham, you have let a stuck situation lead you to a sinful situation. Because what I was doing in my mind is I was saying, God, 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 maybe, maybe you didn't understand the deal. 
God, I thought this was going to be different. God, I had my expectations on how I thought this was going to go. And, and God, this is not working out like I thought it was going to. And it's about my desires and my wants and, and my will. And what God had been speaking to me is, grim, 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 grim. When you start transitioning from your will to my will, that's when we can get to business. And that was the moment that needed to click for me that in order for me to be used by God in my best ways possible, I had to get rid of a messy mindset that it's all about me, but it's all about God. To experience God's best, we need to run from our mess. I, we're going to continue in the text, and, I, and Paul is going to show us kind of two critical things of, of what this means for us. And, and number one is this, we run from our mess, and we run to his character. We're going to pick up in verse 22. It says this, so flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call in the name of the Lord from a pure heart. Now, depending on the translation, this idea of youthful passions can be translated of youthful desires, youthful lusts. And the first thing that kind of comes to your mind and the first thing that kind of came to my mind of this topic is, well, it's talking about Christian sexual ethics, right? The Bible has lots to say about sex. Sex is a good thing. It was designed and created by God, but God also has some things to say about a time and a place. And yes, this passage is talking about that, but it's talking about so much more. Because what are the things that trip up a youth? Right? Because that's when we start rolling down the, the lane of things like money. You know, I've, I've kind of, I'm graduating, I'm in high school, I'm starting to get my first job, and I'm trying to hustle a little bit. I want the car, and I want the cool phone, and I, I want the nice shoes. And, and it, it quickly becomes, you, you know, God, you're just kind of, I'll deal with you a little bit later because you're kind of getting in the way of me making a buck and, and the church is kind of pulling away my time. So I'd rather focus on making some money right now rather than spending time with you. For some of us, it's, it's success and, and approval, right? Right, I just got to post that one more picture. I just got to find that thing that's going to get one more click or, or one more like. And I'm just searching around to, to have myself filled because I, I just want to feel loved and I just want to feel needed. And I'm going to go to every other source other than God to find it. And for some of us, it is sexual purity. But the reality is all of these youthful passions, these youthful desires boil down to one thing. It's all about me. Right? It's about my job and my money. It's about my sexual pleasure. It's about, it's about my desires. It's about my success. That is what happens in these youthful passions. But here's the thing, and all the adults I'm pretty sure could be honest about this. These kinds of things may start in our youth, but they don't end in our youth. Right? I don't care what level you're at. These are the kinds of things that are going to continue to trip us up. And, and the root of this is this me first mentality. We read in John 3 that we, in Jesus, are supposed to be decreasing. It's supposed to become less about us and more about him. 
And these are the kinds of sins that slow down our construction process. In the process of becoming more like Jesus, our mindset needs has to begin to change of not my will, but God's will. Not my desires, but God's desires. And, and how I love my neighbor becomes more important than loving myself. You know, how I treat a family member is more important than I treat me. How I treat that coworker or that friend or that neighbor or even my enemy. How I treat others has to supersede how you treat and deal with yourself. Now, what I also love about this is it talks about, okay, we need to run from something. Okay, if we're going to flee these youthful things, these things that are about all about me, we need to run to something. And what it says is we need to pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. There's a quote by John MacArthur that reads this. Um, Sanctification isn't a necessity. It's a reality. That for those of us that have said yes to Jesus, the sanctification process isn't going to be a, a something that we choose to have happen. No, if you have a transformed life, if you're a new creation in Jesus, it's going to happen, but you and I get to decide the pace at which it happens. You see, because oftentimes we tell God to take five, right? God, God, I know you're speaking to me. I know I'm reading in your word that, that I'm focusing a little bit too much on money or success or these youthful passions of mine, but, but God, I'm having a little too much fun right now, so just, just take five. You know, circle back in a little bit. I just got to have my moment, and then I'll deal with the thing. And, and every time we tell God to take five in our life, we're slowing down our construction process, and then we'll be in a state of, God, why aren't you using me more? God, you've given me these desires and passions, but I'm not seeing to get the opportunity that I want. And, and God is saying, well, when is it going to become about me and not you? When is your prayer life going to start changing from you to about me? What this requires of us is something called daily surrender. That every morning we're going to get up and say, God, today is not about me. It's about you. God, how am I supposed to behave at work? How am I supposed to treat my coworkers? God, how am I going to supposed to treat my spouse today? How am I going to parent my kids today? God, God I'm, I'm going to put you first in all of this. And this isn't easy. I'm not standing up here saying this is an easy thing, but it's a thing that as followers of Jesus, we are called to do. And this is, we have a value about this daily surrender. How can I pursue Christ's likeness today? This is a daily declaration that you and I have an active role in our under construction process into becoming more like Jesus. But when we stay stuck in the mess that we're in, we're just going to slow down the pace of our process. What I love, verse 22 finishes with saying, along with those who call in the name of the Lord from a pure heart. It's critical for you to understand that we were never designed to do this construction process alone. So if you were someone in the beginning saying, yeah, I'm in Graham's spot. I feel stuck right now. I feel stuck in a circumstance or a mindset or a sin, and I just can't seem to break free. My question to you is, who knows? What trusted friend, what someone who calls in the name of the Lord from a pure heart have you invited into the process saying, I'm stuck? And I know God wants more for me, but I can't seem to do this alone. And, and I need to invite someone into the process. And, and I want to experience his best for me, but I need help. 
Who have you invited into the process? Because here's the hope, church. God wants more for us. What you're feeling stuck in right now, that is not what God designed for you. God designed so much more for you and to experience his best opportunities. And the longer you remain stuck in what you're doing, is it's just going to delay the process. Now, the second thing that Paul communicates here is this. How we run is just as important as where we run. Um, someone buckle up. Verse 22 reads like this, or 23. Have nothing to do with foolish, arrogant controversies. Oh boy. You know that breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but be kind to just some people. Oh, nope. Says everyone. Able to teach patiently, enduring evil, correcting his opponents with what? Gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of the truth that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Church, how we run is just as important as where we are running. Church, I don't know who, but someone here today or watching online needs to read these verses a few more times. I don't know if you've experienced our world. I don't know if you've experienced our workplaces. I don't know if you've been trapped in social media where you've seen people eager, hungry, give me something more. I need another debate. I need another opportunity to stick my nose in the business because I want to breed a quarrel. I mean, in fact, some of you are the people who go to the comment sections <laughs> just to see what I can feed on today. I mean, I'm one of the, I can be one of those first to do. But here's the reality. We joke and we laugh, but this is not behavior of someone who's called on the name of the Lord, of someone who's been transformed by grace and by Christ. This is not behavior that is edifying to God. This is something we have to break free from because here's the root of this. Um, our goal when we enter into these things is never through grace and gentleness and faith for these people to come to the knowledge of Jesus. Our goal is always, and I conclude myself in this, our goal is always to feed our own ego. Right? They need to know I'm right. They need to know my position. They need to know how much research I've done. They need to know that they're wrong. The goal is never through grace and gentleness and kindness to say, man, I just want to enter into a conversation gently. And I just want to guide my words and have the Holy Spirit guide my tongue in order for the hope that this doesn't turn into a brawl, but this turns into the hope that you're going to turn to Jesus. Church, when that happens, our whole mindset will change and our conversations will change and our thumbs will change on our phones. Church, that is character that leads to Christ. Because how we run is just as important as where we run. How we interact with our neighbor, how we interact with our family member, how we interact with any relationship we come to across. We have an active role in living it out like Jesus. 
as we wrap up, here's the, the thinking. As I was studying this passage, what I think God and what through the apostle Paul is trying to communicate here is that to experience God's best, we need to run from the mess that we're in. That we play an active role in cleaning out our pot. That whatever mess we have inside of us, that God has given us every tool. He has given us the church. He has given us the Holy Spirit. And he wants to play a role in cleaning ourselves out in order to experience God's best. But when we stay stuck, stuck in a circumstance, stuck in a mindset, stuck in a sin, we will never experience God's best. Now, here's the thing. When I was praying through this and, and studying this, and the thing that came to my mind and the thing about my past experience about feeling stuck, I said, well, God, how did I get unstuck? God, how do people in your word get unstuck? Because there's probably going to be people who said, yeah, I know I'm stuck. Yeah, I know I'm in a mess, but I don't know how to break free. Yeah, I've tried to do the thing. And, and what happens when you feel stuck and you feel trapped and you feel hopeless is you start forgetting you start forgetting. Because what was happening to me is I started to forget. I started to forget who I am. So this morning, have you forgotten who you are? That you are a child of the living God. Amen. That before Christ, you were weak, but in Christ, you are made strong that you have been called, that you have been saved, that you have been forgiven, that you have been justified, that you have been redeemed, that you have been gifted the Holy Spirit to empower you, to send you, to pray for you, to enable you. God has given you everything. So when you see stuck hitting you in the face, when you feel hopelessness pressing down for you, you can shout back that I may be weak, but I am a child of God. And maybe you haven't met my God yet. Church, maybe if anything, you walk out of this room, you need to walk out of this room with your chin up a little higher saying, I'm not going to rest in me. I'm not going to rest in my mess. I'm not going to rest in my weakness. But today I come walk out of this room feeling bold in my identity. Because I'm tired of my mess. And I'm ready to experience God's best for me. I'm ready to start this construction process and becoming more like Jesus Church, are you ready to get unstuck? So here's the challenge for you. A lot of you probably do feel stuck, and so what do we do? Well, I'm going to challenge you to take Well Basics. Um, it starts this week. All of our life groups are going to go through this. We have a special one on Friday night, 6.30, Bayville. Pat Michelle Lengroff, child care. It's going to be great. And here's what it is. We're going to spend eight weeks in the book of Philippians, understanding our identity. Because if we've forgotten, it, it's time to remember. It's time to get filled. It's time to get strengthened. It's time to take a moment to say, I'm done being stuck and I need to remember who my God is and I need to remember I'm a child of God. And then in that, we're gonna learn about, we're gonna learn about some spiritual habits that we need to have a breakthrough in. So church, right now, are you tired? You maybe walked into this room and you knew you were in a mess, but you maybe walked into this room not knowing you were in a mess, but as the Holy Spirit's been speaking your, your life, you, 
You might feel like, oh man, I didn't know, but now I know I'm in a mess and I, I don't want to be in a mess. I want to be used by God in his most best ways and God, I, I want to be used by you and I'm tired of being stuck. I'm tired of feeling hopeless. I'm tired of feeling trapped. God, today is the day that I surrender. Today is the day that I say I'm available. So this morning, are you bold enough to say, God, I'm done. God, I've tried to do the thing. God, I've tried to do the church thing. I've tried to do the Bible app thing. I, I just, the more I seem to do, the more it's not working. So I'm not going to the stuff right now. I'm just going to you. And today in this moment, you're saying, God, I'm done being stuck. I want more. You, I want to experience your promises. I want to experience all that you have for me, and I'm done being stuck. And in this moment, I'm boldly saying, I'm available to be used by you, and I'm available to be under construction. Church, that's the challenge, that you don't have to leave this room weak. You don't have to leave this room feeling like a dishonorable vessel. You can leave this room saying, today is the day that God uses me because I want to experience his best. And I'm, I'm not walking. I'm running from everything that's holding me back. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray for this room right now. I pray for who's ever watching online. God stuck stinks. God, we were not designed to be here. You designed us for so much more. And so, God, I pray in this moment that who's ever just feeling like, yeah, I know I'm in a mess, that you would provide breakthrough today. That you would convict them and, and empower them to, to be a part of their construction process of walking away from the mess, running away from their mess in order for them to experience and to be able to use by you in an honorable way, useful to the master. Jesus, thank you that you don't leave us in a mess, that you've empowered us, that you've called us, that you've given us everything in order to be a part of this. So Jesus, we love you. We thank you. And in this moment, open up our hearts in order for us to say that we are available. Amen.